hate the games. Hate I hate the games, but I like the chase. The chase that's that goes right back to you being the fucking suspect in a true crime podcast. I mean, it's more of a. Uh, it's really more of I like the variety. Here's what happens: <laughs> you you say a phrase like I it's like, more of the variety. I like the chase, and I then like a variety pack. I like the so it says it says like something you say like that. I like the chase, and then you meet a girl on on these dating websites. She winds up going missing, but the police find out that you went on a date with her. They then start investigating you, and then they they're l- gonna be listening to every fucking episode. Right, of and then they listen to this, and you say things like <laughs> "I like the chase," and they're like, "This this is our guy." Yeah, it's going to come up in court. <laughs> and it's like, yes. I like the chase. Or they go yes. back to an episode where you're talking about a brother and sister fucking and, sp- and spreading period blood Jesus all over each Christ. other's faces. Right. And then they hear shit like that. And they go, and then one cop <laughs> looks at another cop and he goes like, I know we got no fucking physical evidence, but here's the thing. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. This guy is the fucking guy. <laughs> this is the fucking guy. He likes the chase. Well, let's start chasing him. Let's see yeah. how he fucking likes it. Either and then- way, he's should be in jail locked up and, put away. and then they'll never Disgusting look they'll never look at anybody else in that case the real killer will get away because they're focusing on you because of it's all true. the creepy fucking shit you say it's true think about what you say before you say i can't i'm being honest welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show To Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And now that me and Jay are back in the groove of recording, I don't want to take any time to to like you know belabor the point. I just want to get right in to this week's big honking cock slapping news. Oh, it's big and fat too. It was a big fucking news week, and I want to start off with something that, I mean, I I know I'm not a woman, and I know I don't have the ability to do this, but it makes me a little moist, I'm going to be honest with you, because Lifetime and KFC are partnering to make a Colonel Sanders romantic Lifetime movie. That's going to be finger-fucking-licking romantic. I understand that if any more words come pouring out your cunt mouth, I'm going to have to eat every fucking chicken in this room. <laughs> this is this is worse than the Will Ferrell, Kristen Wiig thing that came out that one time that nobody believed it was actually happening, right. but it actually was. But it actually was. <laughs> but what I, like, what I absolutely love about this, like, first off, if you go to Mario... First off, it's fucking Mario Lopez. If you go to Mario Lopez's IMDb page, the trailer for this movie's up there. Jesus. I, I haven't watched it. I can't. I can't. I, I feel like I don't want to be a part of a world that has this in... in Jay, do you know what the title in, is? In real life. Do you know what the real title is? No, I, I don't. A Recipe for Seduction. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like a porno. It is. It is. But that's what I love. I, I actually, I love. The, this is kind of genius. Though. I don't I don't know who Lifetime is making this for. Because cor- 
I, oh, it's for cr- bored, crazy quarantine people. But here, yeah, that, that's the thing. I don't think this is for the regular, like, lifetime, you well, know, movie audience. They're going to get them regardless. Right, right. They already got them. I think they're trying to get a little meta. They're trying to get out exactly. there. They're trying to bring in a new audience. And they're like, look, we're fun. We're not. We're not all. We're not. We're not all women alone in an alleyway. AC Slater, you know, baby KFC. W- right. Worried about getting raped. Like that's that's not what we are anymore. Yeah. We don't, this isn't you know abused housewife anymore. Yeah. We're not doing that. Yeah. No. No. Hallmark's got like every single Christmas movie. Yeah. And they're all exactly the same, and they get some star power behind those. Sure. We're gonna start doing that for us. Except. Yeah. That's Full House. We're saved by the bell. We're gonna make it a little <laughs> bit ridiculous. So here's yeah. recipe for seduction for you, and it's like. I, I get the feeling like this is going to be more softcore porn than it is like Lifetime movie. I don't. Well, I really hope that they, maybe I really hope that they they are very aware of what they're doing. They and are. This is the cheesiest thing that you've ever seen. Yes, like, they are. And this it, is it's going to be a this lot is life- of shirtless Mario Lopez. This is Lifetime's Birdemic or or Sharknado. Like right. this. This is where they realize right. like this is what we're made to do. Yeah, these type of stupid fucking movies, because they sell and they work. And it's I'm not going to lie for what fifty years. <laughs> no, well, no, for for lifetime, it, it really doesn't work. You know, they they have their they have their they loyal still exist right because they have their loyal audience and they've existed on that loyal right. audience. This is a way to get a new audience. Well, yes. while not betraying your old audience. Yes. Okay. Okay. I hear you, but also. You know, what is genius is they Jay. have to compete with all the streaming people as well. That's true. That's another thing that hasn't been discussed very often is all the cable networks yeah. really struggling, especially Lifetime um, and such, with all of the content out there and the streaming wars. Look, so, I'm just saying they- Alternative programming. That's you got to get inventive. And, and they are. And they are. You know, that's, that's what you got to stand and, out. You got to be different. to be honest, as much as I hate it, it is fucking genius. It's fucking genius. I'm gonna watch it. Like I wasn't gonna watch it, but now I'm like, I don't know. I still, I still don't think I can watch it. <laughs> I think, I, I think I need to watch it. Like I had to get, but I would have to be with people, and I would have to be bombed. I can make that happen. I can make that happen. Next news story. All right, Jay, here's a fun news story. You know the Russo brothers? They were like directors for the marvel cinematic universe oh yeah yeah you know oh. like some of the best marvel movies that oh, are out there winter brothers. soldiers oh okay yeah. winter soldier civil war uh and then infinity war end game kind of like the biggest deals that that marvel has well now over at netflix they also did extraction and they may be wanting to make produce and expand a netflix cinematic film universe Ooh, do tell. That's so that that that's really that's really the story. You know, like they, they but they do kind of want to build it around extraction and kind of move from there. Now, can you imagine Chris Helmsworth's character from Extraction coming across Charlize Theron's old guard? <laughs> like they they could be in the same cinematic universe. Well, what makes me? Th- I mean, since you say that. And it is a modern movie. Right, yeah. The Gray Man that they're directing there you go. is Netflix and is going to be a modern movie. Right. A spy, James James Bondy kind of type worldwide thing. I'm just saying, I don't hate this idea. Um like I'm less I'm less opposed to this than I was like, let's say Universal's dark uh, you know, universe. Right. You know, because I don't feel like I feel like Is it wrong for me to say like Is it the right timing though? Yeah, of course it is. Why not? 
It's Netflix. So, so that's what I was getting at. Is it wrong to think of like, ah, it's only Netflix? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and I and, and I still feel like we have that we have that stigma about streaming services where we're like, ah, eh, it's only it's 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 only Netflix. What's the harm, right? Like, how bad if I this bet. if this fails, it's not going to hurt us that much unless you were a big fan of of the Marvel television shows and those wound up failing and then you go, what's the harm? Oh yeah, it's the now pros those- and cons of them not disclosing their numbers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I look good on the good on the Russo brothers. You know they they they're done with Marvel and they're kind of going off and they're building their own empire. And they're going to be exciting. You never know what's coming around the corner with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Speaking of MCU, next news story. All right, Jay. Well, we were in our hiatus. We didn't really get to discuss this much, but remember back a while ago, they were talking about the Moon Knight series, and there was the rumors. We did a news story on the rumors that Keanu Reeves might wind up playing yeah. Moon Knight, and me, both me and you yeah. were like, too old. Not, I mean, n- not for nothing, but dude's probably too old. Uh, and turns out we were right. They do have a Moon Knight, and his name is Oscar Isaac. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. He's been in some movies. Some of them good. Most of them good. We would love to have him in the bedroom. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. So Oscar (laughs) Isaac will be playing Moon Knight, but that's not really the news story here. News story is he's also going to be playing in the Metal Gear Solid movie as Solid Snake. Now, I know you're not a big video game guy. I don't know him. Yeah. Yeah. But Metal Gear Solid's kind of a big deal back on the PlayStation. Solid Snake, you know. Okay. One of the most iconic, uh, I I guess. I knew it was a big deal. I just didn't understand. One of those iconic video game characters probably in the past two decades. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, I absolutely, I absolutely love this. I think he's a perfect casting for it. I'm just wondering, like, who was clamoring for a Metal Gear Solid, uh, you know, movie? Because first off, the 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 game storyline alone is convoluted as fuck. But well, also it has massive fans. So I'm wondering, like, who and, are you going to again a video a, a video game movie to begin with? They're all failures. Uh, I'm still hopeful for uh, for 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 the new Mortal Kombat. Ninety nine percent are f- yeah failures. <laughs> oh, we, we, for sure, for sure. They're they're for the by the vast majority. But again, what's the cool thing about his character? Because it is so convoluted, you could do franchises. But that's what you I worry about. I worry about lines. like the people who are going to champion your product. Your super fans of of Solid Snake and of the Metal Gear Solid series. If you kind of betray their the story that they love and stuff like that, then you you may wind up betraying your core audience, and it just makes me wonder like like who this is for. Because you know when I think about video game movies, I never once thought about a a a Metal Gear Solid movie. I'm not a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. I've played a fair bit of the games, but right, you know, I never thought about it and was just like, man, we need one of those. And I think about Oscar Isaac and all the things he's been saying lately about his time with Star Wars and stuff like that. And I want to say, like, is, you know, Oscar, like, let's take a look inside ourselves. Is is this for a fat $2.5 million to $4 million paycheck? Or is this because you really want to play Solid Snake? Okay, it's oh, the- it's it's definitely, I think, a mix of money, but also he's going to have right. a lot more power. Right. Yeah. It's it's just him in his driveway. And he has, like, those, those you know, those those like plane directing things as he's directing a dump truck into his, into his, uh, into his driveway. And he's like, no, that's fine. Just dump the money there. I hired some Oompa Loompas who are going to scrape it and throw it, in, <laughs> throw it into the, throw it in their garage. We'll, we'll get to depositing it later. Hey man, every actor has their <laughs> fucking thing. And then the little Oompa Loompas are singing their song as they're shoveling into his garage. Oompa Doompa Doompity Doo. You sold out to Sony for dues. Next news story. 
All right, Jay, uh, this is a fun news story that you shared with me earlier today. Netflix is going to be producing a series starring none other than our favorite man who loses his shit, Nicolas Cage. What am I, a fucking retard man? Am I a fucking retard? Oh! I know what this is. You're trying to stop me out because of this crazy little nephew being around. Well, vive la fucking France, man! <laughs> And he will be exploring the history of swear words. This is exciting. Words such as fuck, shit, bitch, dick, pussy, and damn. Love it. I absolutely love All it. All the good words. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm a little remiss. And, and the poster and everything. Oh, it's just perfect. I'm a little remiss that cunt is not on that list. And I, and I know I, that is my ultimate. I favorite. feel like I feel like our UK listeners ultimate. and Austral- Australian listeners are like, "I right, what fucking gives, cunt?" Yeah, <laughs> like where's like I want to know the history of cunt. But they use cunt the way we use fuck. Well, yeah, it has a wide range of meanings. Sure, but like cunt is like my most powerful curse word. It is. It, if I say cunt, yeah. I mean I'm really delivering uh i slip it in there from time to time like i i, I get it, it, it when it if it comes out i i really mean i don't something. think I, I don't think i would ever i'm really trying to drive a i don't think i would ever something. call someone like a fucking cunt right like I, especially especially like my wife i would never i would never do that right. but i i would you do want to see you know your, right. your son one day I yeah mean, you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to die you, you don't, don't want to die because that would happen but I, but I, but i think like you know chumming around with you and then calling you a fucking cunt and stuff like that. It's a little different. You know, there's a little bit different inflection, well, a little bit sure. different. It's all in the tone, right? It's not like an American thing. Like it, it it's 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 not spoken like in America the way it is out internationally. Nah, we were founded by Puritans. So I mean yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Uh but no, I'm very interested in this because A Nicholas Cage will break it down for us to help us understand that. And he's gonna do it in such fantastic discussion. <laughs> so good. So the history of the word Fuck. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Oh god. It's I think gonna it's be gonna so be good. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Definitely not something I can watch in front of my daughter, but you know. <laughs> nah. nah, nah. There it is. <laughs> yeah, put the headphones on, tuck her to bed. Absolutely. <laughs> Pour yourself a bourbon neat. <laughs> have, have some fun. And just have some fun. Next news story. RJ, tell me if you remember this guy. His name's Neil Blomkamp. You remember him? Oh, yes. Or as as Ridley Scott, when he appears on our show, likes to call him, I fucking Blomkamp. <laughs> You're not going to touch my Hellion franchise, Blomkamp. Uh, he made sure that happened. <laughs> he, yeah, I, I still, without any confirmation or any type of rumors out there at all, I still believe that Ridley Ridley Scott squashed Neil Blomkamp's Alien Five. I think I hundred percent think that that 100%, happened. Hundred uh, percent. And and now where's the Alien franchise with Ridley with, Scott? Out of that. Nowhere. Nowhere. I still say give Neil Blomkamp a shot. Anyway, I agree. Here, here's here's the thing. So Neil Blomkamp hasn't made a movie since 2015 when he made Chappie. Chappie was mixed was reviews. I liked it. I, I think it was one of those movies that, like, it wasn't what I expected coming from the guy who Better made, than Elysium. It was better than Elysium, I thought. But coming from the guy that made District 9 and stuff like that, I was like, it, it ha- the edge is there, 
but not in the same way. It's more of like a well. That's the trickiness a, right. about his original. It's more content. of a societal edge, you know that one. Like the you know and and the way like I I saw that movie. The way the trailer built it up was that Chappie was this robot that was was meant to in basically enslave the downtrodden, the the poor people in this South African town, and instead. You know, he winds up being repurposed as their as their greatest champion and as, as as the leader of their uprising. And that's not what it turned out to be at all. But that's what the trailer made you think. However, there's still a lot of heart in Chappie, and I think it it, it deserves like a, people to give it a second watch at least because I've watched it a few times now. There's a few moments that really make me tear up. Like it's it's got some emotional punch that movie. However, all right. Stay on target. Stay on target. So Neil Blomkamp hasn't made a movie since 2015. However, if you listen to me and and some of our previous episodes, he's been doing the Oaks Studio thing over on YouTube, where he's directed three of those short films. They're all short sci-fi horror films. Yeah, uh, he's also had a, a, a slew of other people come in and do them. Some some great cameos in them. You know, from Sigourney Weaver uh, to I believe Alan Page is in one of them. Like, there's there's some really there, there's some star power behind it, and there's also some really fantastic directing and and I want to say like dark sci-fi content concepts that are behind them so if right. you haven't watched them go check them out oak studios uh now i like to see him do like a like a black mirror-esque action well, sci-fi Jay, type thing funny you say that fucking hilarious that you say that because in secret during quarantine and during this pandemic mm-hmm. neil blomkamp wrote a script he then produced a film he then shot and directed a film and that film has now in the editing process and will be released this year. <laughs> wow. A full-length feature film. You did it. You crazy son of a bitch. You did Crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> I so love it. He I filmed, love it. He filmed an entire supernatural horror film during the COVID-19 pandemic. Kept it completely under wraps. He he filmed it in... in, uh, in in British Columbia, Canada, he used the a majority of Canadian actors who would not be so well known here in the states. So it's not like any of this really leaked out. He stayed sequestered. He did this thing. Yeah, did it in a vacuum. There's probably not even COVID up there right. anyway. And he made it. <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, might this like? And and this is this could. Be. I res- I respect the guy a lot. Yes. So I wonder in this vacuum, uh, uh, like a creator making making, and I I like all the stuff he's done in over at Oak Studios, in a vacuum as well. Could this be like his his masterpiece? Even even on the shoestring budget that he had, because I mean, District Nine was done on a shoestring budget for Christ's sakes. There's a fair chance. I am so curious about this. No title. I yet. mean, I don't want to say it's going to match District Nine, right? No, but because it's not. I think be, that's his masterpiece. Fuck yeah! You're I, right. No, right. That exactly. is a masterpiece. Fuck. And but to come out the gates with that, that's, yeah, that's the tricky. That's I'm the, looking. That's the sad thing. I look forward to this because I, um, I, I have I. So I liked like I. First off, I love District Nine. I I think he's better with with he's like a burden. Like ju- he's better yeah, off the cuff. Stop giving them money. Right. You know, like they do better. They perform better. Their art is better when you put some. I don't want to say handcuffs. You give them free reign. But right. You, don't give them so much money. Right. So let so them be curious. You're going to hate me for saying this. You're going to hate me for saying this, but you 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 give Burton money and you get Dumbo. Or you give Burton restraints like he had from Warner Brothers when he did the original Batman film and you get Batman. You give him a whole lot more money, you get Batman Returns. I love me some Batman. I know Returns, you love baby. a lot of people love Batman Returns. 
I would still argue that Batman Returns is not the Batman that Batman 89 is. It's good, but it's not the Batman that Batman 89 is. <laughs> Godfather, Godfather Part There's 2. There's 45 I mean, minutes without a Batman in Batman Returns, okay? Relax. <laughs> There's, There's a lot of good shit in there. Penguin, Catwoman, come on. There's a lot of good shit. About a half hour of that movie could probably have been cut out. <laughs> There's a lot of good shit, but so I, I look forward to this Neil Blomkamp thing. Like I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I'm, I'm excited by this. Nay, I say I'm, I am a little hard at the thought of this. I am semi hard. Yeah, I got a chub. I got a chub. I got a chub. A little chub. Yeah, absolutely. If I was wearing boxer briefs right now instead of not wearing underwear, because I never wear underwear when I wear sweatpants. I mean, come on, who does? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for telling me that. Yeah. But yeah, I would look like I had an impressive package. In the boxer briefs that I'm right. wearing because of the, the the slight amount of blood flow that is now increasing the size <laughs> of my penis, thinking about this Neil Blomkamp movie. Yeah. I respect the dude. Yeah. And I, I, I my, my respect for him has grown even more after seeing all of those concept art and stuff for his Alien 5, and I was really jonesing for that. You know how much I know how much you love him? How long this one news segment This is. one news segment is. <laughs> and it's a very small news story. Well- Let's move on to our next news story. All right, Jay. So we've already been told that we are getting Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and we are also getting Jamie Foxx in Spider-Man 3. And apparently they will all be reprising their roles, uh, as, as rumors say. And now we are finding out that Alfred Molina will also be joining the cast, and he will be playing none other than Doc Ock. Dr. Octopus. Precious tritium is the fuel that makes this project go. The villain of what is still, and fight me if you disagree, the best Spider-Man movie tied with Into the Spider-Verse. Well, <laughs> and do you know that they also are talking about bringing in Daredevil? Why not? Just fucking go nuts. Yes. I fucking love this. I love that this movie is- I think is, they are. I think they're slowly going nuts. What I really love about this news story and about the, the development that's going on with Spider-Man 3 is that Sony made this little animated film, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, that took two years to make and stuff like that. It wound up being a masterpiece. Fight me if you think I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> and people wound up loving that so much that they're like, oh, yeah, well, we can just run with this concept. We can just go fucking nuts with it. And now they're like, oh, yeah, I think a mainstream audience is ready for something this this insane, this batshit. We're, we're ready for, for, for the tangled web that is the Spider-Verse. Oh, and, we are. and you texted me earlier today when we were talking about this new story, and you're like, I just don't understand how they're going to fit all this into a movie. And then I just sent you one text. It's like, you know, Feige's still a producer, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this will probably be fine. <laughs> no, honestly, you did reassure me because I was getting a little nervous and a little jarred. I'm like, you know. You don't want to have a corny cameo flash type of moment with all of these great characters that we all love. Right. Just to make an appearance. It's cheap. It's actually going to do a disservice to the film, I think, in a lot of ways. So um, when you said that Feige was attached to this, I'm like, oh. Well, that was part okay. of Sony's extension deal with Disney. Was I that, trust Feige. Was that Feige would have to would have to stay on as producer, even though Feige apparently was not happy about that, was, was what those reports were saying at the time, because he wanted to spend more time focusing on the MCU. But, you know, I, I, I think that I think this will all be fine. Yeah. I think this will be fine. Um, I'm excited for it. However, I... I do have you know some trepidations like you do, where it's just like, well, is the th ending of of two, I, like, are they going to touch on that? They have to. They have that's going to be pretty wild. 
I mean, they're they're obviously going to be starting this movie off with with Spider Man, just like Iron Man, essentially on the just run, like Iron Man Two, almost. Yeah, where like the reveal has been made. Yeah, and now, now there's what? a target on him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now he's a celebrity. Yeah, I, I, look, <laughs> I, I I don't know how they're going to get to the point where it's Peter on the run, Peter versus like you know a villain and stuff into Peter going into the Spider-Verse, or at least crossing universes with these other people. I don't know. Maybe these cameos are blown out of proportion, and they're not going to be reprising those roles. Maybe Andrew Garfield is playing a guy in Times Square dressed up as Spider-Man, and that's it. Or like Tobey Maguire and, 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 and him are like two guys dressed as Spider-Man in Times Square hucking for, for some ch- spare change. Yeah. And then they start fighting each other on the corner because they're like, this is my corner, Spider-Man. This is my corner. And then Peter just whips by and that's it. And like, that's it. There you go. There's yeah, the cameo. Stuff like that is never leaked this early no. in a production. No. That's why I, I'm um, like, that, that kind of stuff is. I, I have to play devil's advocate because I don't want to get like too excited for something that could be, that could wind up being a completely mundane throwaway scene that's just like, huh, that was a nice nod. Let's move but on I with think the story. We could, I, I, I think we could both say that we liked where the train is heading. Yeah, I do. I do like where the train's going. Yeah. yeah. So. I like that we're running a train. More on- news to follow, I'm sure, on this. I like that we're running a train on Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that there's three Spider-Man and, you know, and the train's being run. Next news story. <laughs> All right, Jay, this is the big one. This is the one that's probably going to take up the majority of this time. Um, maybe not as long as my Neil Blomkamp's <laughs> story. But uh, this, this, unfortunately, this news dropped right after we recorded last week. Literally the next day. Mm, yeah. Uh Warner Brothers made the announcement that their entire 2020, well, the remainder of 2020, and their entire 2021 slate of movies will be going directly to HBO Max. Now, well, simultaneously in theaters. Simultaneously as well. in theaters. Now, there is the, the, there was like a caveat that they put on this. Yes. All the movies that are going to HBO Max will not be streaming in 4K or UHD. They will not be in high definition. 1080p is the highest it will be on HBO Max. You want a full cinematic experience, the best fidelity that you can get on the screen, you're going to have to go see that in Dolby or IMAX. Correct. At the theaters, you have to spend the theater coin. To but see also, it. after the first thirty days, it's completely off. I believe HBO Max, and you can only watch it in theaters, uh, or, I think that or was vice one versa, of the out of the theaters, and you can only watch it on HBO Max. I don't remember. I, uh, yeah, I think that was one of the caveats to make the theater chains a little happier because they can keep them running. Either way, it's it's kind of unprecedented because you know we. I don't. When I say unprecedented, what I mean is it, we. An announcement like this, you had to know it was going to ruffle some feathers because we, me and you did the story oh, uh, sure did. months ago when Trolls 2 was released on, it was one of the first movies that was released to video on demand at home. Mm-hmm. You could you could rent it for $19.99, almost like a theater ticket price. Your whole family could watch it. And AMC was like, no, you're taking money out of our pockets. We had a fucking deal here. You bunch of losers. You're working with a professional here! <laughs> <laughs> and, sure. and they threatened lawsuits against Universal so much so... It's never happened before. ...that, that yeah. AMC and Regal both stood up and say, you know what, Universal? You can't play your movies here anymore. 
Yeah, they 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 thought they were a big, and then big they backtracked just like we said they would. And they were like exactly. They backtracked and they're like, okay, that. hold on, Universal, we we need you to show your movies here because we don't have any movies in the theater right now, and we're losing lots of money. And then we also did a story that AMC and other theater chains are kind of like six have six months left of like liquidity, and they are almost done. They're 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 a dying breed. So when you hear all that stuff, and then Warner Brothers, which you, you could say is one of the big two studios that's left Disney, Warner Brothers, Sony. Like that's that's really that's all that's left out there. You know, I'm sure there's some people screaming. It's like, hey, you didn't talk about New Line Cinema. Fuck you. Who cares? <laughs> but they're they're, they're kind of like the only ones that are that are out there. And one of your big three studios essentially was just like, yeah, we don't need the theaters anymore, and we want to really get our streaming service off the ground. We want to make that Disney Plus. We want to make that Netflix. We want to make that Amazon Prime yeah. fucking hooch. We want to make them dollar bills. And I don't know if you know this, but HBO Max's subscription uh, numbers are far lower than their expectations. So are they though? Warner Brothers and Maybe. HBO are are yeah they were they're, they're far below. Well, expectations. they but they also went all in on that. That but they also had terrible hardcore. marketing and they weren't telling people at first that if you have HBO through your cable provider, you get HBO Max. Right. They weren't they were essentially selling it to people as HBO Max is the end all be all. If you still have it through your cable provider, you're a fucking sucker. Get your ass over here and get it through us. By the way, not available on Roku or Fire Stick because they are the most popular streaming devices well, in the country. It is now. It but. is now. But at the time so like they had a troubled launch sure, with it. Sure, sure. So this this fixes that problem because I've been talking to several people who don't have HBO Max and they're all like, no, this is it. I'm getting it now. Like I can watch Wonder Woman well, Christmas well, Day. Of course you are. I'm going to get to watch Mortal Kombat when it that already comes pays out. for itself. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Yep. $15.99 a month. But you're getting you're getting you're getting these new movies that are coming out. Yes. Uh, the Suicide Squad also will be coming here. Like uh, their entire. I'm sorry. Their entire Dune, slate of movies. Dune. In December Dune. next year. Dune will be coming I mean, can out. Can you believe that? I mean, I'm fucking obviously going to theaters for that. <laughs> I a lot but, of people are going to be going to theaters to see that. But if still, that's, if I mean, but, but again, there's a lot of films out there that like. Hold on, caveat, Jay. If there is a theater for you to go see it in, <laughs> if there isn't, touche. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those situations where you know we have to brace for this. This is just a, the the start of change. Yeah. And if they say it's only 2021, fuck them. They're lying. Well, this is a slow trend. It's not 100% going to be like this going forward. However, it's the start of a transition yeah, with it's, that kind of thing. It's 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 2021 in in in, in the fact that it's Both. like it's like you playing with your ass, Jay. You, you you were a little trepidatious about it, but you gave it a shot. Now you're now you're all into it. Now now you go up to your wrist when you play with your ass. Okay. You're fisting <laughs> yourself, and that and that's what HBO Max is doing here. They are they're they're dipping their toe in the water. Well, it's Warner Brothers. It's not HBO Max, right? Well, Warner Brothers owns it's it's yes, a Time Warner company. So and Time Warner owns Warner Brothers. So, but anyway, um. It's a it's a dip it's a dip their toe in the water. They want to keep one foot in the theater system sure. and one foot in their streaming service because they need to fall back on one of the other two if it fails. It's True. a half measure is is what it really is. And some people are you know we'll get to some of the people who are calling them out on this you know in, in, in a few minutes. But it you know to them they don't see it as that bad. We're giving the people who want the theater experience the opportunity to go see it in the theater. We're giving other people who have HBO Max the opportunity to see it here. If you don't already have HBO Max, you're going to jump on and you're going to watch them. And if you watch them at home or you go see them in the theaters, either way, we're getting our ducats. 
Yeah. We're getting our money. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, it had to be done. Right. And again, not to me- not to mention, you know, 2021 is still going to be a weird year. It's not going to be a hardcore 2020, right. but it's going to be. For some filmmakers, there year. are incentives in their contracts for making these oh, films. That's a whole other discussion. For box office. So if your film's not going to the box office, your incentive. You're, you're you're not that as is, incentivized is it, well right and and wonder woman was changed they did change that for uh patty jenkins to agree and, and gal uh to release it on hbo max at christmas right so but guess what nobody else has that same deal i'll be honest i was ecstatic when i saw this news because I was shocked, I was very taken aback. In my mind, the first thing I, I shouldn't th- have been the first thing I, I thought was, we are just probably a couple days, maybe a few weeks away from Disney announcing that their entire slate of twenty twenty one films will also be coming to Disney Plus. Yeah, probably at probably. At, at, at the uh, you know uh, premium access that Mulan it'll, was available for. Exactly, it'll probably be however somewhere in those. I'm lines. not quite sure about that anymore after seeing the backlash. No, it's only from only backlash is is from the industry. Nope. No, nah. I mean for right. Yeah, I'm sorry for fans. Yes, uh, for for fans of film and stuff like that. For people who are okay watching streaming and stuff at home, like I am. You know, I'm I'm very different than Jay. You know, I I I don't need the theater experience for everything. However, Wonder Woman eighty four that is one of those things I want to see in the theaters. It's true. You are right. And if they told me that like the Mandalorian. You could watch like episodes of The Mandalorian in theater or like a whole season of it. I'd definitely go do that. You know, there are some things that I wish I could have a cinematic experience for, but I don't see Disney making this decision now. I really don't. I think, I mean, I might eat crow in a couple of weeks if they announce it, but I really think Warner Brothers is, is going to be alone on this island. So the first detractor to Warner Brothers decision came from the CEO of amc theaters of course (laughs) right so he said that this is uh that he so he said that clearly warner media intends to sacrifice a considerable portion of profitability of profitability of its movie studio division and that of its production partners and filmmakers to subsidize its hbo max startup so he's and then he goes on to say as for amc we will do all in our power to ensure that Warner does not do so at our expense. We will aggressively pursue economic terms that preserve our business, which he has to say those things. Sure. Because he has shareholders and stuff like that who are yeah. probably all jumping ship because uh, they, they, they see where that's going. Uh, and he and he has been requesting immediate and urgent dialogue with those uh, powers that be at Warner Brothers. And I mean... To be fair, it kind of sounds like the rants of like a butthurt person. But then you get into some other individuals who appear to be unhappy about this. So Christopher Nolan calls out HBO Max, calls it the worst streaming service uh, as a response to the 2021 film slate being released. So he went on to say that some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out that they were working for the worst streaming service. Hey, are you awake? Yeah. I just want you to know I hate you. 
I'll tell you, man, for a guy who doesn't like dialogue in his own films, right? Because like that, he is a wordsmith. <laughs> that that's what he said. Like a couple weeks ago, uh, oh, he wow. had a statement where he's like, "Well, I don't think you necessarily need to hear the dialogue in my movies. What am I supposed to hear, Nolan?" Blah. I just can't believe how outspoken he is over the last two or three months. It's I think, unbelievable. I think he. Uh, I think he's a little sour on how Tenet turned out. You know, I do think that. Um, I, I don't think he wanted it to come out when it came out. Uh, I, I think Warner Brothers probably pushed it out. And Tenet's quote-unquote failure... It could be either way. I mean, you can argue right, either way. Uh, but- ...is what is causing this now, them to release their 2021 slate. I I, I actually, you know, I, I do agree in a lot of ways with Chris Nolan. Um, You know... It's just not fair. I mean, I don't want to say fair. I mean, technically, they, I guess, suppose they don't have to discuss this with every single person. However, if you want to be a good business Let me ask you that something. people like and people want to work with, and besides the fact, just because you own their asses, essentially, they are the creatives. Let me and ask going you something. Forward, I, what? I make you dinner. Yes. I serve you dinner on a plate. You dump it into a bowl and you go eat it. Should that matter to me? Yeah. I'm making a product for some for for someone else. It's a business. I'm making a product for a business. I'm handing my product over to that business. Yeah, but I put effort for it to be put onto that plate the way it should be eaten or the way I want you to eat it and experience oh, I'm sorry. it. I and enjoy it. But I funded your project. Even still. I funded it. It was my hard work Don't care. that I put on Don't care. That plate. Now it's now it's on now it's on HBO. And now Max. it's not going to be digested and taste as well as it should be on the plate. The way it is. Doesn't one, matter. One you at made a time it, or whatever. You made it you made it for me. Now you just made jambalaya. I do what I want. <laughs> you made it for me. You don't get to tell you don't get to tell people how to enjoy the the media that's produced. You know you don't, and and unfortunately, you don't really get to like. I I do believe that the artist should have some say in their art, and I hate when studios come in and botch movies and stuff like that. But at the same time, you also don't get to decide where your film's released. Yeah, I no, I understand. And, but same time, I think a lot of his hurtness is like he is obviously a huge theater guy. He's he's a big component of as he should be. He films film. he films movie in IMAX, like yeah, and film and, and right. he's, he's big on which theaters, you can only see. Guess what? In the theater, film all about it, big time. Um, but also financially, their back end only works in theaters, and that's just not actors. That's also directors and directors like Nolan. So that's where it's going to take a hit. And, and you know, people funding uh, financers, financers like Legendary, who I think put up the most money to make Dune. Right. Weren't even consulted. Well, that's, I was just saying, there are some other individuals. There's a lot of moving parts and factors to all this. There are some other individuals who have, who have come out and are have not maybe quite as loudly as Nolan is doing it, but apparently James Gunn has made his displeasure known. He didn't, you know, do a, a, a an interview with the Hollywood Reporter to say it, to say the same way Christopher There's Nolan no did. There's no creative that's going to be liking right. this. But, but you know, apparently James Gunn's not happy that the Suicide Squad will be coming to to HBO Max. And Dune's production company, 
legendary pictures who also are behind Godzilla versus Kong, which is another film that will be coming to HBO Max same day as it's released in the theaters, are apparently uh, looking to take legal action over the HBO Max deal that Warner Brothers has made. So this story is not over. A lot of upset people. But I still come down to the fact that, like, you don't get to tell me how to enjoy a thing. Like, and you don't you don't get the like if I'm a studio, you don't get to tell me how to it, release my product. It's it's more complex. I understand. It's that. far more complex. And that's that. where it really comes down to and and the way they handled it. But you're drinking beer from a can. I'm drinking beer from a glass. Is there is there wrong anything wrong with either of the two? Your enjoyment's different. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Teach their own. Exactly. Exactly. I prefer watching things at home on a streaming service. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I understand that a lot of these, that a lot of these artists are, you know, that, that, that create these movies, create them to be seen in the theaters with a big experience. However, I wonder how much of that is built off of their own experience with cinema and film going to the theater. Of course. Okay. Nostalgic. Then I feel like I need to play Bob Dylan's like, these times they are a changing. And maybe this is the Band-Aid that has to start, you know, 2020 is that transition yeah. Band-Aid. Because, like, honestly, like... I like, Change the landscape of Hollywood. I'll be reviewing a movie this week that I watched, His House. That's on Netflix. It came directly to Netflix. I let you watch some of it. You know, if if I were watching that in my perfect space, would there be, you know, my wife's TV with Selena playing on it as loud? No. But, you know, I... I still probably would have gotten the same amount of enjoyment watching that alone in my den as I would have watching that alone and in the theater. And that's just me. That's just who I am. I'm fine with it that way. Uh, but I also understand that like you're the type of person that would prefer everything in the theater overseeing it at home. Um depending on price point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. But um but like stuff like an indie, I could do an indie at home and and, and that's perfectly fine. I, it's mainly the blockbusters, you know, and, 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 and still, I still enjoy the experience. And for the whole A-list, um, membership that I had, why not go to a movie theater and watch a movie than, than watch it at home? So we're in agreement. I guess something to do. Watching a movie is like good sex. When you watch it in the theater, it's like having good sex in a bed. When you watch it at home, it's like <laughs> having good sex standing up in the shower. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, yeah. it's not ideal, but you know. You're getting your rocks off. You still got your rocks <laughs> off. All right. So that's going to do it for this discussion. Uh, Jay, let's head over and let's get into this week's What Are You Watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, ain't watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. Busy watching week. Got down to watching a few things. Watched some new movies. Felt good to watch some new some new movies. New, new, new movies that I enjoyed. I'm fucking excited to talk about. But let's get started with some of the TV stuff that we watched. Jay, uh, what 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 did you watch in TV land? Uh, what I caught was the one-off episode. It's a hybrid. It's like a it's like a little spider web link between season one and season two of Euphoria. So this one is part one of two episodes that are going to be following two individuals. This first one was called Trouble Don't Last Always, and it is a one-hour episode, essentially a two-hander with. <laughs> uh, Z- Zendaya 
right. and Coleman Domingo in a diner. And they are discussing a lot. I mean, obviously, he is her sponsor. She is just recently are you going spo- through this. Are you spoiling parts from, from no. Euphoria Season 1? No. By saying that he's her sponsor? No. Okay. Because no. I, I thought Euphoria was about her coming out of drug addiction, so... Yeah, but that, that's uh, that's not really a sport. It's not a sport. I haven't watched the series. I mean, it's true. It starts off by that way, but it's not because I haven't watched the series. Yet. I do plan on watching it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know it's, when. It's it's definitely a, a must watch. I would say. Um, and um, yeah, so you know, it's just them discussing everything about life, and and it's a it's a link between the end, the very end of season one. And leading into season two, that we'll, we'll get probably sometime in 2021. Now, next this month is, in January, is, you're going to follow the other character that she um, was last with at the very end of season one. This is literally your like wet dream scenario for an indie movie. Two people. Kind of. Setting. Diner. Right. Talking about what? Random things from life. Yeah. It's heavy. It's good. That's your. Really that's good. like That's like your oh, I thing. Know. Oh, I was locked in. Locked in. Everyone what's, loved it. What's your favorite movie series again? Oh, the before series. Isn't that people <laughs> practically sitting or when walking it's done and talking? Well, yes, but when it's done well, <laughs> it's beautiful. I get it. It get is it. poetic. I get it's it. Visual poetry. I get it. So this one. Hey, um, I like coffee and cigarettes too. If you okay? haven't caught it, <laughs> right? I like and respect coffee and cigarettes more do, more than I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I I love. Certain, There's a lot of I love certain stories. Stale in there. parts. Not in there. All yeah, of them, yeah, yeah, I know. So yeah, I, I definitely think you, you know if you're a fan of the series, go seek this out. This kind of came out of the blue, and it's um it's it's really good. So check it out. So is it as good as? It's right on par. It's it does not skip a beat. Is it as good as Jules at the diner talking with? Uh, well, this is Rue, but Jules's episode will be in January. No, I'm talking about well, Jules. I'm talking about the I'm character about, Jules. I'm talking about Jules from fucking Pulp Fiction, motherfucker. Sorry. Path of the Righteous Man. Sorry. Is it as good as that diner scene? It's cool, baby. It's cool. We still just talking. Wow, it's so different, my God. Yeah, exactly. Because that one's good. I mean, Tarantino, baby. I'll be honest. I, 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 the reason I've stayed away from Euphoria is it just seems so fucking melodramatic. It seems like so, so. It seems so you, <laughs> and it just it just turns me off so much. Just give it a shot. Yeah. If you like Jay's type of stuff, watch Euphoria and then get to me and let me know. Uh, reach out to me <laughs> on the social media. I am kind of curious. I am kind of I want to know how other people see the show. I mean, I know this show is highly regarded. Uh, it gets very good critical, critical acclaim and stuff like that, but that doesn't always mean that it's what I'm looking for in a show at the time. Sure. But, uh, you know, I heard this. Uh, I was staying away from Queen's Gambit for a little while too, and then I jumped into it. and I was uh, like, "This is good." Well, I mean, it's 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 different, but they're both very good. <laughs> Speaking of different, like this is a little bit of like Monty Python's Flying Circus. Sure. Now for something completely different. Yes, tell me. Uh, I watched Big Mouth season four. So oh, I never uh, I, saw it. I know we've talked about Big Mouth before, but Big Mouth is the animated show on Netflix that follows. A bunch of I you know preteens, young teenagers as they're tra- as they're transitioning through seventh grade and eighth grade, uh, they're going through the trials and tribulations of puberty in uh, hilarious cartoonish fashion. This is school, and we need boundaries. If you want me to go away, you know what you have to do. <sighs> Jerk off. Jerk off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's go to the bathroom and climax into that thin toilet paper. Ow. 
Let's go, let's go. I'm coming, I'm coming. Not yet. That's why we gotta get to the bathroom, sweetheart. This this latest season, I gotta say, I I wonder whether this is the season that's jumping the shark a little bit. We have a little bit too many concepts being thrown at us now, you know, from the hormone monsters that show up, which are still great. They're still hilarious. You know, the shame wizard who showed up a couple seasons ago. And then we have the depression kitty. And then there's also the anxiety mosquitoes. <laughs> um, you know, it just seems like it, it's getting to be a little bit too much, throwing a lot at you at the audience and stuff like that. And I also feel like some of the jokes this time around, I don't know whether my sensibilities have changed as a result of the pandemic. I felt like they were trying too hard. Hmm. Where I felt like things just came like so naturally in the first two or three seasons. Like the third season wasn't as good as season one and two. And now this fourth season's definitely the bottom of the barrel. It's the bottom bitch of the series. Isn't it hard to keep up that kind of shit? It kind though? of is, right? This just, is a regardless, you it's know. A it's a fun it's concept for for a cartoon series, you know. Uh like I think of something like Bojack Horseman that was that was really great and it and it ended itself because it's like I don't want we we I'm not sure if we can keep this level of quality going, right? Like Shit's Creek just ended for the same reason. You oh, know? by the way, I did I am halfway through this okay. whole series. Like like me and you were Finally. watching we and you were watching it. the the Dan Levy uh hot hot ones thing and he was asking like, you know, why did it end and stuff like that? Was it viewership? He's like, "No, viewership was increasing the whole time." It's just a, a, as a creative entity, we were like can we keep going on and so, at this level? Right. And so it far, can I can go see down. why they would do that. Right. And I can, uh, yeah. It can yeah. only go down from here. I, and I respect that a and lot. I, and I think Nick Kroll because and Mark what? Levin, who were behind Big Mouth, should probably maybe take a step back and go like, have we reached our, our pinnacle? But guess Let's what? Let's end it. Let's bring it down. And you know why? It's going to hurt your fucking wallet, too. It's true. Yeah. Because syndication works so much better when you have a start to finish right. fantastic show Un- without the dips so like this this ep- this season does the thing in 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 a cartoon or in a tv series where they're like we don't know what else to do so let's tell a story that takes place in the character's future <laughs> and normally that's like the death sentence for like a lot of tv series unless you're the simpsons the simpsons did a lot of episodes that took place in the future that were all fantastic as long as they occurred before season 10 <laughs> and i you know i just wonder you know if if the other seasons of big mouth were in the a minus b plus range then this season is definitely dropping itself down to like the c category i mean i watched it all but really I wasn't enjoying the watch as much as I was before. All right, Jay, uh, what, did you watch any other TV this week? I haven't, no. Just right. uh, some movies now. All let's right. get into let's, it. Let's get into some of our movie reviews. So what's the first movie you got up? First one, Mank. Yeah, the me and David you. David Fincher. You, so. Movie. This is. This weeks is, ago. Stuff. I know. Weeks I know. ago, you were like, man, we got to do a trailer park for Mank. And I was like, why? And you're like, because it's David Fincher and it's going to be a fucking masterpiece those were your words to me you told me how i don't know if i used the word masterpiece you told me how fucking great it was going to be because it was fincher and it was and, and it was and it was uh it was well, oldman and you're like this is going to be i mean fucking fantastic quality movie. yes and <laughs> i told you after watching the trailer i was like i don't fucking care yeah and, and you're right yeah. Um and 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 that kind of um stick with me time and time again bleeds, I turn out right more often than it not. It <laughs> bleeds into the film itself. So anyway, this one is yes, it is essentially based upon uh the it's a the the sto- the story of, of writing the phenomenal movie 
masterpiece. Some say the best movie ever made, Citizen Kane. Some. So some people say it's the Godfather. Right. I'm, I'm one of those people that say mm. it's the Godfather. <laughs> so we're in 1930s Hollywood people in black and white. And David Fincher directed this film. Um, this was based on the screenplay written by his father, Jack Fincher. So this one, you know, it mainly follows. Um, Jeez, daddy, daddy issues Mank. much, Mr. Fincher? <laughs> yeah, so Mank, Herman Mankiewicz, played by Gary Oldman. Yeah, so this guy is a degenerate drunk. Doesn't really, you know, has a lot of clout in Hollywood, but he's not really a big guy. Yeah, well, let's face it. During the pandemic, we're all degenerate drunks, so let's not go passing that around like some sort of insult, Jack. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. But back then, you know, they're, they were a lot more sloppy back then. Maybe. Well, you know, you can hold down a good job and be sloppy somehow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mad Men. Back then. Mad Men showed yeah, us that. It's normal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and uh, so he ties up with um, the great up-and-coming young Orson Welles, who wants to have a flick and have him write it for him. Fantastic and, uh, voice, doesn't he? <laughs> who played Orson Welles in this? Oh, uh, man. This, this kid really was, you know, uh, I guess he's kind of a nobody, but he really did a phenomenal job. And- you know, Tom Burke, he hasn't done too many things. I mean, I know he was in Only God Forgives. That was probably the only thing that I've seen him in, and that was the Nicholas Whining Refn shit film uh, with Gosling and my boy Baby Goose. But um, anyway, this movie is essentially that. You've, you've you seen him said. elsewhere. He was just in The Crown. He he played he played Princess Margaret's little love interest, Dazzle, uh, who was the priest. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, that's him. I, I recognized him because of the cleft did, lip. I did not recognize him. Yeah, he has the cleft lip, so that's how I recognized him. So uh, you, you've seen him before. Okay. You've seen him before. He's still young. He's still kind of climbing up the charts, I guess you could Hell say. Hell yeah, because he's, he's got that four Netflix films deal going, and he's, he's got to crank them out hey, man. before he moves on to his A24 contract. That's the new Hollywood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So this one is exactly that. It is quality, production values, performances. You know, it's all great, right? But guess what? Visually, entertainment-wise, well, you just said the story was good. You just said visual was good. You mean just the story was boring? Uh, like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's just not there. You're I not mean, invested. You can't get into it. You're not emotionally attached to any of these characters. You just don't care. And the flashbacks before, um, from back in the past to. Mankiewicz trying to write the screenplay, it doesn't work. And with this backdrop of a political issues going on with the economy and the studio system, there's subplots that just don't work at all. Well, it sounds a whole lot like they were mirroring Citizen Kane in it because Citizen Kane was, you know, I mean, it was one of the first movies to do like that upward angle to make, to make, you know, the character of Citizen Kane to, to to make him look larger than life. You know, they actually shrunk the set around him to make him look larger than life. There was a political campaign in that movie where he was. So like, yeah, I, I, I could see. I can see where they're trying to where where Fincher's. You know, I'm not trying to say he's. You know, he's obviously paying om, playing homage sure. to Citizen Kane in the creation of this of this movie. Um, and maybe it's just the times. It just doesn't hold up. You know, with this. Well, a era. lot of those Orson Welles film tricks are still worked uh, are still used. But well, I'm not saying visually. I'm just saying story wise. Story wise, yeah. This story wise, like they're. they're I think this is gonna. This story sounded boring the first the first time I this, I, this movie I heard the concept. Will get a lot of nominations. I don't think it's gonna get a lot of wins. Uh, maybe cinematography or something like that. But 
it's going to peter out during award season. Certainly going to be an interesting year. I give it a B at the Oscars. A B. Oh, I'm sorry, B minus. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was say a B sounds kind of high for this movie that you're not so hot to trot on. Yeah, B-. it's almost like you're giving it a B because like you respect Fincher and you respect what he was trying well, to do. Well, it's part of it. It's not a bad movie. I, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Mm, I'm not going to. I just this. don't like the movie you know i don't care for the movie that i'm much, gonna you know, put this on my netflix like i'll put this in my netflix list and i'll scroll past it for the next year and a half just like i've done out of the irishman <laughs> all right jay uh you what, what else have you watched this week well uh on amazon prime we have i actually have two new releases on amazon prime that i'm gonna be talking about but okay. this first one it just very well may be the perfect title for a new indie little ditty. All right, so this Uncle is Uncle Frank. So this is an indie movie that went directly to Amazon Prime. Yes. So why don't you go pour yourself a bourbon neat? Can I? Put your <gasps> suspenders on, ironically. Can I pour out the fancy new bottle? Get your square frame glasses on. Get out your mustache wax and curl it just right because you and I are going to be taking a trip into... Jay's Indie Corner. Jay's got a little indie ditty that he wants to share with everybody. And uh, Jay, what is the title of this little indie ditty that's streaming on Amazon Prime right now? Uncle Frank. All right. So uh, obviously, I say this every time, but Jay has an indie film and he gives me the title. He does not give me any other information on the film other than the title. And I have to come up with a fake synopsis for it based on that. But since Jay, it's the holiday season, Uncle Frank... I'm going to say, is the story of your wacky, crazy, definitely creepy uncle who you do everything you can to avoid conversation with at your holiday parties. Every time there's a, there's a family event, Uncle Frank's there. Everybody tries to avoid him. And that's what this movie is about. It follows a series of different characters as they spend their night trying to avoid Uncle Frank. But essentially, we start peeling back the layers of Uncle Frank with each interaction that we have. And we get to the soft onion core that, that that's there. And it's going to make you cry just like an onion would because Uncle Frank's got some skeletons in that closet. <laughs> oh. And I even got a little song to go along with this, oh, Jay. please do. It, it's the holiday season and whoop-dee-doo and hickory dock and Uncle Frank just pulled out his cock and now your dad is calling up the cops. God damn, motherfucker. And they'll be coming down the chimney and busting through the front door. <laughs> anyway. Beautiful, David. Beautiful. So is, is that what Uncle Frank's all about? Well, I mean, no. Is it about the creepy uncle? Well, I would let me get into that. I have an Uncle Frank, and he is far from the creepy uncle. He's actually a very solid dude. No. I, I love my Uncle Frank. No, so. Uncle Frank is phenomenal. He's fantastic. However, some people in his town might think he's the creepy uncle. Because he's gay. Yes. I'm going to take that guess. <laughs> You're right. Okay. You're right, because 1973 South Carolina, you can't be gay. And it's very frowned upon. Jay, I don't know if you know this, but there's parts of South Carolina where you can't be gay now. 
We're I not, believe it. We're not that far progressed. I believe it. We I have know. the luxury of living in the Northeast. A lot of our friends have the luxury of living on the West Coast. Yeah. I mean, my parents graduated. Our parents graduated high school in uh, 1972. Yeah. So my dad signed 74. Yeah. Oh, was he? Oh, I thought we seventy four. Same year. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, now this has a great ensemble cast because this is written and directed by Alan Ball, who is a you know a well known producer for Six Feet Under and True Blood, very successful uh, for HBO. He hasn't done really anything with directing, perhaps, but yeah, has- I actually switched off at True Blood because that's a show like me and you have talked about. Right. Great. Awesome, fun, great first season. Second season starts taping well, up and diminishing little, returns. Gets a little weird. Same as Dexter. Yeah. Gets, gets a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's still fun. I, I had fun with it. And this one, you know, is played by Paul Bettany. Uh, he's playing Uncle Frank. And uh, the great up-and-coming actress, Sophia Lillis, is that niece who is too good for town. And she's trying well, to well, Sophia Lillis, get out. Still not, still, still not a household name, but she's the girl that, that is in up. Um, that, that's she's an, an it. She's an it. And she was in that, uh, she was in that sharp Netflix. objects. Yes. Uh, it's a great TV show. The Netflix series where, uh, she had the, uh, where she had the powers. I am not okay with this. And, um, you know, I mean, she's, She's uh she's she's something. She's going to be a nice little actress, and I and she doesn't Thoughts, have again. We go back to our pre roll that you and I were talking about. <laughs> Watch what you say. <laughs> she's gonna be something. She's she's gonna be a little a little thing. Nice <laughs> nice little nice little. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that. Tell me you're still my little girl. Yes, daddy. I'm sorry. Hear it in your head. She might. So you hear it the way I hear on. it. Hold on. <laughs> All right, 2002. She's 18 years old. I'm, I'm okay. You're okay. I'm okay. All now right. you are. Woo! All right. <laughs> but wasn't she 17 when Uncle Frank was filming? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. She was playing young. <laughs> continue. Anyway. Continue, man. So this is a simple story, really, because this is a, a very conservative, big family. Um, you know, they don't really understand Frank and they don't really uh, know what's going on with him. So he is living in Manhattan. Can I say something time. possibly controversial for half sure. a second? Is this green book, but for the gays? Perhaps. Okay. But not that complicated. Yeah. It's pretty simple. It's really okay. a guy with daddy issues. Okay. Just wondering. And family issues. And he needs to come out Just wondering. to them. So Fair enough. Um, he's a good guy. He's a professor. He's a great guy. You know, he's, he's a good guy. He's got a, a long term uh, lover in Manhattan, his niece comes and stays with him, finds out his father passes away. They, they do a little road trip down to South Carolina to, to bid their farewell. And it's a story about him coming to terms with coming out of the closet, especially during that time, really owning up to some of the tragic moments during his childhood growing up with his father, with his first love of his life, his lover coming down with them, trying to you know figure that whole situation out. It's just a great little indie film that is done well, not exceptionally well. It's nothing, not breaking any grounds, but it's very well acted. It's really well done. It's a nice little film. There was a time where I wasn't in a serious relationship, and a lot of people thought you were my lover. <laughs> Who Maybe- knows? Who knows what we would have discovered on a road trip, Jay? Many people, you know, <laughs> little Jay and I were attached to the hip yeah. for years. And he and was very clearly the pitcher in that relationship. People were definitely saying that shit a lot yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Did I'm used to it. Come here, Dave. Let me kiss. <laughs> I did kiss you on the lips once. So. I know. 
<laughs> I don't care. On your wedding day. I did. On my wedding day. I also kissed Beautiful. my friend Kenny. I kissed my brother-in-law, Sam. I hope I pinched your ass cheeks that night. And everybody was like, man, you must have been wasted. I was like, not as wasted as you would think. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, no, nah, you must have been like blackout. Was I was like, just happy. I'm not, I was not blackout. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nope, I definitely remember doing all that. Never. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big ass slapper. I know that. I mean, that's probably. Oh yeah, you, you know, definitely. Are. But that comes from sports, physical. right? Physical. Yeah, probably. Speaking of which, I, I should show you something. Don't slap that. God damn. We we so we were doing the lights on the. I just showed Jay my ass, and my ass has like yeah, first time everybody. A fucking it's beautiful, massive wow. bruise. Actually, kind of frightening. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> It has no, a, it's, 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 I have a massive bruise. So I was doing lights wow. on the tree uh, out, out there and uh, out front. And we weren't going to do lights, but everyone else was doing lights. And we had some, we had some extra lights like sitting around. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, let's go do like the outside Christmas tree and we'll put like our little inflatables out around that. And we will just, we will just make. A, a small little winter wonderland, like right there in the front yard. Yeah, and stuff you like just that. moved in. I don't think yeah. anybody's going to expect anything. Right, I'm crazy. not. I'm not. I'm not doing the entire. I'm, I'm not Clark Griswolding this motherfucker. That's that's for sure. So I have I have a wooden ladder. It's only four foot tall and stuff like that. So I'm standing on it, and the whole front yard is it's kind of like uneven. It's on a it's on a it's on a downgrade. So I tell Lauren like just you don't have to hold the ladder. You just have to steady the ladder. Like you're not holding my weight. You're just steadying it. So just hold the ladder while I go up there. For some reason, she walks off. Don't remember why. Uh, ladder kicks out from under me, and the ladder falls right underneath me. I do like this, like just half like flip thing, and I fall straight down. My ass lands right on the leg of the ladder, and it's a wooden ladder, so it broke the ladder. My Ooh. elbow smashes into into the concrete, and my head hits the concrete. And I made that sound. Have you ever seen the video of the lady that's like stomping grapes, and then she falls out uh, a pretty far distance, and she lands in the ground? She makes that noise like. Ugh! <laughs> I was making a noise that was like no, that. No, but I want to now. <laughs> I was making a noise that was like that, where I was like. <laughs> yeah, because that's like real pain. Yeah, and Lauren's like, are you okay? And I was like, ah, I think I'm okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like one of those things where I was just like, I, I knew I was hurt, but I couldn't tell how badly hurt. Well, and that's the thing, because but, it's it was that big of a fall. Yeah. Where the shock, you wouldn't be able to tell if it's you had a, a broken foot, bone. It's only a four foot ladder, but like when you're standing up and you're opposite, yeah. Face but good, if you land a certain way, yeah. that's all it takes. So I wasn't sure whether like I was going to get up and my arm was just going to be like kind of like flopping there. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was just like, well, that's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure whether like I, I like I broke my like I you know not, I knew I wasn't paralyzed. That's I knew it wasn't that bad, but I wasn't sure like I landed on my on my ass. I like my my back is killing i wasn't sure like Dude. what are the long lasting effects of this and honestly like within like a few minutes i was up and i was moving around i went and literally bought a new ladder finished the lights and stuff like that and like i i pulled my pants down and i showed lauren my ass and i was like is it bruce she's like not at all and i was like wow what a little bitch i am and then like the next morning oh, bruises man right give when, it two or three days right, when i was getting a shower i i got undressed and i looked in the mirror and i was like oh oh god and it's like it's it's my whole like left cheek that's like black and blue i mean it's probably four inches high yeah. and 15 inches wide yeah <laughs> i mean it's thick i mean that's a dense deep well, that's, purple i mean you look at my body well, thick's the only way i do things I mean, honey <laughs> There's a lot of ink in that purple on that on that skin. I'm telling you right now, that's thick. The only that's, way I do it. That's a legit <laughs> so, bruise right yeah. there. 
So like, um, it, not it's, going away anytime it's, soon. It's actually getting better and stuff like that. The elbow is fine now. It has a little bit of tenderness, but like I've been getting better. Um, but like today I went for a run with Luca, and I don't have a small rump. We'll say so as I run, like it, it moves, and like every time I stepped on my left leg and my ass cheek would jiggle, it fucking hurt. <laughs> so I'm running and I'm like, ow, ow, ow. Yeah, I, ow. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. But anyway, so. stay on target. Stay on target. So uh, check out Uncle Frank Green Book for Gays. <laughs> On Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. All right, Jay. So uh, I did get around to watching a mo- new movie this week. Uh, so this movie came out, I believe it came out a couple weeks ago on Netflix, October 30th to be exact. And it's called His House. And it's directed by first-time director Rami Weeks. It stars Sope Derisu and Wumni Masaku. And they play two refugees who basically go through the hardships of leaving war-torn South Sudan and travel far distances through true horrors to get themselves to England and become refugees. There they are put into essentially a halfway house as refugees. They're given a list of rules to follow, and if they don't follow them, they will not be granted asylum and eventually citizenship. Hmm. Uh, The only problem is... Jay, the horrors of leaving a war-torn country like that and the things that you had to do to survive never really leave you. You bring them with you. Damn. Now, this is a horror film, and it is a horror film um, in the sense that it, this is more of like a psychological thriller. Uh, while there is definitely a, I would say, paranormal presence that's going on, it's clearly an allegory for the PTSD that uh or, or or at least at least for, for the you know living with what you've seen and and what's been done and and one of the things that I love about what this movie did was it's from a perspective that 99% of the audience couldn't possibly understand we may understand the emotions that are being presented to us but we can't understand a position that these characters are in because we've never been a refugee. We've never been a stranger in a strange land, right? We've never had to assimilate and 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 become something that we aren't. Yeah, or torn or, away from families right. or have a spouse who who maybe doesn't want to lose their identity but have an uh, you know, but you you want to assimilate, you want to you, you want to be like everyone else around there. You just want to you want to make this new place your home. And and that's that's some of the ideologies that they're dealing with in this film. All the while having some truly horrific imagery, absolutely tense moments. And when I say tense, like I, I when Jay walked in and I was just finishing this movie, like one of the first things I said to him was on the screen was this might be one of the most terrifying things I've seen in years. Right, and about 25 minutes before that, you're like, this might be like Parasite uh, yeah. <laughs> level. So, well, Parasite level type of uh, genius as far as the way the, for the me, story is being constructed. For me, yeah, I, th- I like. I'm not going to say that this is that that this story is as brilliantly crafted as Parasite. But at that was. time, at that time, you were 
really going. But with I it. really fucking enjoyed my time with this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, the the, the movie starts off uh, with with them just escaping their country, and then before you know it, you know, the the entire color palette of the film changes to to that of England, stark gray. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and they're put into this to this ramshackle apartment and told that this is where you have to live. You have to work where we're telling you to work, and you have to you can't leave the house unless we tell you you can leave the house and all this these fucking rules uh just just to live there and like that that's the thing but like they brought the horrors with them so they're being haunted by something they're seeing these images of the past and that's what's like truly the horrifying part of it um and also like the truly horrifying part is just society and how these people are treated and stuff like that you know like instead of instead of them coming to a country and them being celebrated for their heroism or being brought in and 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 saying like this is your home now and being really felt welcome you know it, they have to work to be welcome they have to lose part of their identity to be accepted uh there's even a moment where where the wife you know it, she she's lost and she's looking for for a certain street uh, Church Street, and she walks past a few white people, but she's from South Sudan, so she's not going to ask the white people, right? So she comes across three young black boys, and she asks them, and they all just lie to her. They tell her it's over here. No, it's over there. No, it's over down there. It's by the bank. And then when she's leaving and stuff like that, and she goes on her on her way, you know, they all shout to her, "Why don't you go back to wherever the fuck you came from?" You know, and 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 here she she felt like she had a moment of safety. Here she was with with someone who looked like her, someone who she could at least identify with on on, on at least a visual basis. And it turned out that they are just completely different. Uh, you know, this this film does, says a lot, you know, ab- about society and how we treat our immigrants and everything like that. But it also doesn't cheap out on its horror and on its thrills. Yeah. And it, it tells a truly compelling story that will both hit you in the feels, in the heart, but it also keeps your heart racing at times as well with its and, and, horror And elements. will stay with you yeah. for days, you know, right. probably going after uh, Not to fact. mention, it has some pretty fantastic visuals and stuff like yes. that as well. Well, that was the one, that was the, probably the first thing that I said to you. And, 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 you know, Dave didn't spoil anything for me. And, you know, I'm probably going to watch it at some point as well myself. But I like the fact that it was, it looked visually artistic, especially for a first time filmmaker. Right. And, uh, with the subject matter and him being, you know, saying it was very heavy and, you know, it is challenging and complex. And, and I could just tell. I told my wife that with her pregnant emotions, she shouldn't watch no, this. No, 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 no. Because no. just the, this, the this feeling is, of this, loss this has that a is lot, here. This is a lot going on. And I would say this is definitely one of those like late night things you throw on, but also like you need to be fo- focused, you know, because there's a right, lot going on. But you still on. think about it when you wake up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it just—I don't know. It, sometimes those movies just hit right, and, yeah, and, for sure. and, and that's you know what you kind of look for. Hit me at the right time. I'm sometimes. glad I took the moment to watch it because I wasn't going. I, to. I know I was surprised for you to, uh, to do that. You told me, and I was like, "Oh, really? That's an interesting yeah. choice." I wasn't going to. I, I, I originally was going to watch Hillbilly Eulogy, mm-hmm. um, and then like I, 
I, it's really not getting well regarded. I didn't. I don't read reviews and I don't look at Rotten Tomato scores yeah, before I do. But things. I didn't really care for the trailer. It didn't do anything for me. That's all I watched, and I was like, "Wow, this is a pretty star-studded cast." I'm really interested to see Amy Adams and that Glenn is Close, true. and stuff like Ron that. Howard, Glenn Close. Uh, and then I watched the trailer for his house, and I read the synopsis, and I was like, "I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna check that out." And I'm very glad that I did, man. I am giving his house a flat-out fucking A. It is an A movie. I absolutely. Enjoyed Sweet. the living shit out of it. It might be the thing that like it just hit me at the right time where I was watching it and I I wanted to feel that certain way and it, it just hit my emotions just right. However, uh, the movie that I did watch before that that I will be reviewing towards the end of the show was Freaky. So very different, very different palettes I took in tonight for the horror oh, genre. Indeed, but so you're saying that's on Netflix, correct? And yeah, his house is, is streaming on Netflix. Netflix original movie. Be prepared, it's heavy. <laughs> yeah, but I I highly recommend it uh, for both the horror film crowd and I would even say like the indie the 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 Jay's indie corner crowd can probably also get. I that I would as agree well. with that. I would so. say the same. All right, Jay, uh, you got one more film to talk about? I do, I do. This is also uh, just came out on Amazon Prime, and you know, it's a great. I would say I don't want to say unsung hero. I I think it will slowly get more cred as award season comes along, and since it's on streaming services and more word of mouth comes about. But Sound of Metal is a gem. You sound great. Yeah, right. What? You're telling me you weren't feeling it? You were in it. We don't need to, we don't need to put them all out. I know, but we just need to film. Your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow and see what it's like, okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. You have to understand your first responsibility is to preserve the hearing you have. I can't hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. And this one just came out, and this follows. Here's why heavy- I'm. Here's why I'm behind this movie. Okay, Riz Ahmed is in it. Yes, and he was in Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm behind it. <laughs> for yeah, the, for he, that alone. He's an interesting actor. He, he definitely, you could tell he chooses projects carefully. Yeah. Um, Hell, man. He he's the, he's even the one that says Rogue One in the movie. Mm. He's the one. What call sign should I give him? Rogue One. <laughs> Say Rogue One. <laughs> True. Very true. Fucking awesome movie. Anyway, Riz Ahmed, uh, Sound of Metal. Yeah. So uh, Darius Martyr, um, I think he's a, f- believe he's a first time director, but he, you know, was a writer along with Derek C. in France, who I love, um, for this story about this heavy metal drummer and his life getting thrown upside down when he essentially loses his hearing. Well, let me tell you all a story about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a two-man act. It was him and his girlfriend, and his girlfriend's played by Olivia Cook. And, you know, there's no, like, Hollywood-esque kind of formulaic structure. It gets right into it. You know, they're playing. They're just living out of their RV, touring around, playing music, 
and loving on each other. And he gets the tinnitus. Gets it. Yeah. Oh, this is great. This is just great for my ears. This is what I was talking about with the whole tinnitus thing. Yeah, former addicts, and you know, it's it, or it's tinnitus. You could say tinnitus. It's definitely a character study about the unraveling of him losing his hearing, where everything is revolved around it in a lot of ways, and at the same time, it's harming him physically. Uh, that could potentially, you know, lead to greater damage going forward the rest of his life. So, but but something tells me he gets a budding music career, and nah. the the idea of making money, or is it just a love of the love of the music, love of the game, love of the travel, love of the road? Well, I think that's it, and yeah. the love of his girl. You know, it, yeah. it's 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 a big part of his life. It's his lifestyle. That's his life. He's playing drums. He's playing with his girl. Might I take a uh, therapeutic, a.k.a. psychological leap here and say that a lot of your emotional tie to this movie might be due to the fact that you are partially deaf yourself? Yes. Um, That later gets into it because so he is, you know, I want to say forced, but, you know, persuaded to go into this, I would say, retreat for the deaf. And the but not just that. Challenging individuals who all, you know need to learn how to adjust to this right. new because um, this is your future issue is, is right. what it is and so it, it's almost like an a it's almost like an NA or an AA type of like um, rehab facility right in a lot of ways but for the deaf so it's like so you're a piece of shit but you're also going deaf. We're going to teach you how to deal with both things. <laughs> it's it's very interesting. We're going to tackle both issues here. But I think a lot of these characters do go through a lot of problems because of you know the turmoil of having to deal with this. And, and, okay. and, yeah. and I think you know not being born with it and not knowing that transition well, is jarring. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, and, and people do resort to self-harm or, just, or addictions just because do, of that. Just, just do one simple thing of... You know, either cover your eyes for an entire day, or or oh, completely man. plug up your ears I, for an entire day, and 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 live a day in that life, and you would go insane before the end of that day. Now, just imagine that slow degradation, that, that that slow degradation of it, yeah. and and knowing that it's coming, and eventually getting to that point, and not for being, me, it's like, the blindness. I, it makes I, sense. I I can't imagine going blind. That, that that'd be my number one. Like I just would lose myself. That'd yeah. be really difficult. Okay. I know. Because you can always, for me, I, I'm such a visual person. You can do so much visually. Well, that's sign you language. Can't read, you can, so, get, yeah. <laughs> you can you can do a lot with. And anyway, so don't want to get off topic too much, but it's definitely an explorative um, character study with him coming to terms with his new um, loss. And Paul Racy, who is a deaf actor and is just not very well known, but slays i mean he kills it he's just you know the leader of the uh facility and you know friend and mentor and you know riz Ahmed does a fantastic job with this performance it's so respected it's so understated and you know really touches on a lot of things and 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 emotionally for me it, it really hits and especially towards the end um you know, it, 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 to some, it might be a little bit slightly cliche. I didn't really think it was cliche. Okay. Um, but depending on how you're kind of going through the film, but it really does work, and I think it needs to be watched and talked about more. So beware, the ending could you could find. No, it I don't be. think it's it's not like a weird jarring ending or right. it's nothing like that. I don't want to like hype people up for the ending, but like you know, but um. But I would say, you know, for me, it's an A minus. I think it really does work on a lot of levels. I think, 
transitionally editorially um, for the story, it could have been a little bit more uh, well done. Okay. So that's why it's just a little, you know, ticked off to an A minus, but it's very good film. Please check it out. Amazon Prime. Fair enough. All right, Jay. So the final film that I watched, this is uh, a, a new film. This is a theater at home release. Uh, that just came out, and it comes from the ever-growing studio of Bloomhouse. Now, obviously, Bloomhouse has been in production for a long time. You know, um, Jason Blum has been has been you know a, a, a producer of horror films and and other type of films for for quite some time. But they, you know, you and I have talked about in previous episodes. They've kind of really started hitting their stride, right? Where they know exactly what they are. Yeah. Um. And and, and they will produce the cheesy horror film from time to time like your fantasy island or any of their you know series that are on hulu and stuff like that i think a big part of it is um i think it's their team i think their team has evolved into something really there's a self-awareness of the horror films they're making but also now I, i think over time they've just gotten more accustomed to the Hollywood machine, and we're now starting to get things. Because Jason Blum was a producer on Get Out, right? Like so, like there. It, but he's also a producer on Black uh, on uh, on Black Klansman, right? Like he's also, yeah. but so like he's he's now getting into the Hollywood machine and understanding what works here and what works there. I, I and think stuff he, like that. I think he's also an idea guy, and I think if he hears a story or if he hears an idea, right. I think he's all about. Backing that. So the f- the movie that I watched that from Bloomhouse Productions was freaky. Wow! Honestly, if this was a horror movie, I'd be one of the first ones to get killed. Cue the creepy dude in the mask. Like I said. <laughs> but actually. It turns out... Where am I? I didn't get killed. Oh my God, why do I sound like that? I woke up in the killer's body. The Blissfield Butcher strikes again. Don't freak out. You're black! I'm gay! We are so dead! Will you stop? It's me, it's Millie! Hill, Hill, Blissfield, I feel our glory and our might. Not only is that psycho wearing my body, he's killing it. Now, Freaky uh, is... Which I must say, I've been torn. I really wanted to see this in a lot of ways. Well, it's dire- Vaughn. It's uh. directed by Christopher Landon, and he is the the director behind Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day to You, which are both films that I recommend other Bloomhouse productions. I think they're I think they're worth your time. They are the perfect amount of horror and cheese and comedy. Like it, it it's all blended together very well into a very fun survey, essentially. <laughs> um, and he also did Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. He's been in the paranormal activity family, uh, you know, a time or two. So, you know, I he obviously has his background in this horror genre, but all right. Freaky follows Vince Vaughn, who plays the butcher and Catherine Newton and Catherine Newton. She's also one of those up and coming stars. You know, she, she's had, she's had her turn in, uh, in a lot of films. She's a golfer. So I respect her. (laughs) (laughs) She was in big little lies. She was in, uh, you know, detective Pikachu blockers, three billboards, uh, outside Ebbing, Missouri. So she's, you know, she's on the up and up and coming. And 
she plays Millie. Now, Millie is the latest victim of the butcher. However, when the butcher uses a particular Mayan knife and stabs her, they are transported to the top of a Mayan temple. And when he stabs her, instead of you know, just causing her pain, he causes himself pain. He stabs himself. She is stabbed, and their bodies switch. Their minds switch. So the name Freaky obviously comes from Freaky Friday, and this takes place on no none other than Friday the 13th. So masked psychopathic serial killer. Oh, so killer. this is a one-day film. This is a one-day film. Oh, that's fun, too. So, that's always a good time. Yeah, so there's a timeline. There's a, there, there's a timeline. Uh, so... Now that the killer, the the butcher, is in Millie's body, she is going around killing their friends at, at her high school, and she is stuck in the butcher's body, who's played by Vince Vaughn. And let me tell you, Vince Vaughn plays 16-year-old girl so well. <laughs> oh my God, did you just pee yourself? Yeah! It I'm is, so happy to hear that. It's so fun. So that's really what the money I would want to spend right. for. It's so to see that. So it's so fun to he watch him it. run around. So he is playing Millie now, and she has her best friends, which is you know her, which is her 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 black best friend Nyla and her gay best friend Josh Detmer. And let me tell you, like this movie has so much fun. Both with when I say fun, it also it has a great sense of humor about gender, about sexuality, and about the roles, the stereotypes that play into that within our society and into movies as well. You know, like one of the lines, and you'll see it in the trailer, is the gay guy says, "You're black, I'm gay. We're definitely going to die." Right? Like, <laughs> there's just no way we make it right, out of this. Right. Um, but I mean, it, it has it has a lot of fun with uh, with that, but it also has like a serious tone as well, which which surprised me because there's a moment. Where Millie is in Vince Vaughn's body, and she's talking to a boy, uh, and and she says something along the lines of, you know, being in this body, I feel so powerful, right? Like, I felt so weak as a woman. Like, I felt like I, I, you know, I was vulnerable. I had to hide, right? Like, for many women, that's what it's like walking around at times. Yeah. Their guard has to be up a whole lot more than six foot nine inch J. Has to has to, his guard has to be up. No one's I've actually only, no one's kidnapping and raping you, right? But and, for a woman, that's a real fear in and, life. And I've actually just this past year actually had a conversation about that, um, and I never really thought much about that, like or even I don't want to say took it serious. I it's just something I never fully realized, right? You know, and, and it was a casual comment like, oh, you know, like, I guess I could go for a walk with you at night, you know, like, because they lived in Philadelphia. I'm like, oh, I guess that's something that you wouldn't normally do because it's something you don't have to think about. But I a wouldn't woman does. think twice about that kind of stuff. But a woman has to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. And that's just one of many things that every women have woman to deal you with. meet online has to, that you meet on your dating apps has to have that thought has to, they have to have an out. They have to think about things like that. What if you turn out to be a predator? Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. She does. And that, that that's one of the things that like comes up in the movie at times. You know, the vulnerability of being a woman or 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 just sometimes it, you know, the 
the thought of 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 being you know the gay kid in school and stuff like that like little things sure they, they come up in comedic ways and stuff like that but it's still but it's, being it's talked about and it's still being still, it's still true not to mention it's a film about a woman in a man's body and a man in a woman's body there's a lot of gender fluidity that's going on in this movie and it does it in a very funny but yet still respectful way which is like crazy like the fact that i'm reading that the writers of this movie that was my next question who were not women oh wow fucking kills me right well it was the director himself christopher landon and then michael kennedy so but anyway uh you know this movie like all that aside all that political agenda aside this is still a really really fun horror comedy that worth the rental yeah absolutely yeah i think so i I, i'm gonna double check the prices i can't it's 19.99 right now i think for for you and this movie 1999 is probably a little bit of a high price point for you yeah i would not spend that money if that's what it is when it goes down to 6.99 probably uh but you know I, i i think if you're a horror fan if you're someone who enjoyed happy death day and happy death day to you if you like to get silly with your horror movies this is right up your alley you know it's it's a ton of fun the kills are gory it's got some fantastic kills in it uh i think and and i think the characters are something that you truly will will really enjoy if i'm gonna be giving it a score i'm gonna be giving it an a minus you know i i I think i think there's whoa yeah okay i really i really enjoyed it i actually like this more than happy death day and happy death day to you and i really like those i think those are fun well let me let me let me ask you this now so obviously this is not a straight comedy Eh, at times yeah okay so if as a comedy would you rank this as a pretty high well done rated for no, Vince comment. Vaughn playing a 16-year-old girl, yes. Right then and there, that's all. You, you know, all like, all the moments you watch... All the good stuff of Vince Vaughn is in one movie. So, so you Still. know, you know, like, all, like, the, the time or two that you have seen Rob Schneider in The Hot Chick? Yes. Okay. And all the cringeworthy moments in that? This doesn't have the cringeworthy moments. It's not bad. It's not done wrong. It's done right. And that's, and, and, you know... In the end, like this is a really fun, surprising, deep look into gender roles that are in our society, and it's all wrapped in a cheesy, gory comedy burrito. It's not exactly good for you, but goddamn, is it good? <laughs> all right, well said. Yeah, yeah. If if I were writing this review out on a WordPress, that would be that would be at the top of my review. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed this movie, and I highly recommend it to people. However, you want to enjoy it. If you want to check it out, you want to pay the nineteen ninety nine price point. Go right ahead. I don't think you're going to. If you agree with most movies that I review on this on this show, then I don't think you're going to be too mad at me for you doing that. Or go in the theaters if you have uh, right. You know, it's in the theaters. Past or. If you want to wait until you know for a couple months until this is five ninety nine six ninety nine rental, you know do that. Uh, but I really enjoyed it, so that's gonna do it for Super Movie Bros this week. Uh, if you have any comments for any of the news stories or movies that we reviewed, or just any dumb fucking thing that me and Jay said on this show, please feel free to reach out to us on the social medias. You can reach me on Twitter at Super Movie Pod. I'm on Twitter at J under score smb on facebook super movie bros podcast and on instagram super movie bros and of course if you would like to catch any of our additional content that doesn't make it into each episode or some episodes that we record specifically 
and only for Patreon, then you're going to have to head over to patreon.com slash podcast. And on there, for just $1 a month, you can get all the additional content that is up there. If you... I really need to redo those tiers. I was going to say, I you really, never mentioned the tiers, but yeah. there's tiers. There's tiers. And you get a lot of good shit. Well, because the people that we tiers. have, we, you know, they, they've done their tiers. They've done their thing. And they can request things. They just don't. But we want to sell <laughs> it for our, our new listeners, you know? So there, you, can choose, the train. you can choose through any of the number of tiers, get different incentives. and A lot of good shit to give away. We will bring you, we will bring you new content every month. And of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. And if you want to check out all the other great shows that are part of the Age of Radio Podcast Network, then head over to ageofradio.org. You can also check out Super Movie Bros on there. We have a media player that's up there. So if you're having any issues catching us on your favorite podcasting app, then you can find us over there. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode or any other episodes of Super Movie Bros, if you've been checking us out for some time, then please feel free to leave us a review over on the old Apple Podcasts. If you write us a review, we'll be happy to read it on the show, whether it's good or bad. It's just what helps us get found. It's what helps us get seen. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. It's the holiday season, and whoop-dee-doo, and hickory-dock, and Uncle Frank just pulled out his cock.